Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Episode 200. John Brown, all the way from sunny Florida. Emery Hunt, the czar of the playbook. John Cahill is with us all the way from Ireland. Joining me today is Ken Carmen from 92.3 The Fan. Joining me today is Doug LaMaurice. Steve Stromp, who actually happens to be my father-in-law as well. We have a special guest today, Jennifer Matthews. Hello and welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today is June 1st and this is episode number 200. I'm your host, Rod Bloom. Joining me today is my brother, Jeff. You can follow him, if you dare, at Sloop Doggy Dog. We don't usually give that information out, Jeff. I thought it would kind of be fun tonight. So how, how are things going? Going good. Can't wait to take this walk down memory lane tonight in <laughs> honor of your 200th podcast of the Browns Blitz. Yeah, you know, we were talking and, you know, you say this is all mine and everything, but I looked back and you actually, your first appearance on this podcast was on episode number 32, okay, okay. Um, October 29th of 2019. So um, you ha- you haven't been on every single episode, but you've been on, um, you know, what, 80, 90% of them? Well, it's evolved into that. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. And, and um that's not yeah, how it we started out. Yeah, we, we can debate that. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, you, you're right. You did start out with a small part, and it, it's kind of grown into uh, something much larger. But it, it's 
it's been a lot of fun and you've you've added a lot to the show and and honestly having you uh having you on the shows has made it a lot more fun for me you know it's you know it's not only talking browns but being able to do this with my brother on a weekly basis you know makes it more special for me yep so i, I wouldn't do this with just anybody you know maybe, I kind of figured that a couple guys that'll join us tonight maybe but you know aside from that some of the other guys <laughs> yeah so so we have uh, we have just some great guys with us tonight um guys who have uh uh, played a part in this show or, or or in in my past in one case we have a special guest with us tonight um so we're going to bring all these guys in and then we're going to get to talking about some things so um i'm going to first bring in uh, peter jones you can follow him at the it hedgehog um at the underscore it underscore hedgehog i can't believe i'll mess that up peter um <laughs> peter peter is uh <laughs> He is a member of the uh, Professional Football Researchers Association, and um, you appear on the uh, the uh, what? Give give me the name of the Packers podcast that you're on all the time because I'm going to mess it up, Peter. Uh, the the average cheese. Average cheese. It's like such a long name. I knew I was never going to remember the whole thing. It's very it's very average, Rod. <laughs> but. Uh, it's great. It's great to be here to celebrate 200 years of the Browns Blitz. That's right. Well, we couldn't do this without you. Um, I didn't look when you when your first appearance was, but I think it was before Jeff. So you've yep. Um, you've been just an integral part of this podcast. You know, just coming on and, and just lending your wisdom and just talking about some great topics over the you know over the years. And it's just been. It's been a lot of fun talking football with you, but also getting to know you and everything. So, so we appreciate you being here. Well, that and that feeling's mutual. So, yeah, thank you so much for having me on again, Rod. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, next, we're going to bring in uh, John Suchan. Uh, John, Hi. you can. Hey, John, uh, you can follow John at. Believe it or not, it's at John Suchan. <laughs> That's hard to remember too. Uh, John writes for uh, Dog Pound Daily, Cleveland Sports Talk and the king james gospel and um also is host of the johnny cleveland podcast and he's also more or less the uh the the um the uh, what do i want to call you the found not really the founder um you, you're kind of the driving force behind the fanatical elves network that that the browns blitz is a part of now so you yes. kind of got this whole thing together um trying so yeah yeah and you put a lot of work into this um seems like you're doing a podcast almost every night now um you do a lot of work with this so so um maybe you can just say a couple words about the network sure real quick yeah and you know rod we i love having you a part of our our this new podcasting group with your browns blitz and all your great guests you've had on already and tonight um yeah, we've got our Browns uh, podcasting network um, off the ground here at the end of March and got contacted by a group of uh, Steeler fans of all play places. Um, they have, they're part of the Fans First Sports Network, which um, they have affiliates all over the country, and um, they've asked us to kind of get off the ground with the Browns, and we appreciate you uh, joining our, our team, Rod, and, and your brother Jeff, 
um, yeah, it's been great. And uh, look forward to growing our, our, our uh, shows and our podcast. We're doing a trivia uh, contest this week. We're giving away a couple free tickets to a Browns um, Baltimore Ravens game in early October. Yeah, so we'll have a we'll have a trivia question a little bit later. Oh, so awesome! I I just, just wrote that down. And so. congratulations, Rod! I just is you know to do two hundred episodes is is awesome. And you know I haven't listened to every one of your podcasts over the years, but I know you you all the the um, guests you have on. You just it's just been awesome to to listen to the to the to everything that you 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 produce. So thank you. Appreciate it, John. Thanks, and thanks for being here. And next, we're going to bring in Alec Sapolin. Alec, you follow Alec at, again, Alec Sapolin. I mean, how do you guys do this? Um, it, it's, it's, it's uncanny, man. It, it's just cool. But Alec is, is with Cleveland 19 News, a digital content producer. So he's kind of the, the star power on tonight's uh, podcast. So, <laughs> so Alec, how are things going, man? Don't, don't hype me up too much. I'm going to fall short. <laughs> Rod, thank you. No, in all seriousness, Rod, thank you very much for having me. Um, it's been a while, 200 episodes. I remember helping you when, first, when we first birthed the Browns Blitz and refining it and, and recreating it into what it is today. And it's been a pleasure to watch you not only grow as a content creator in your own right, but as a human being and as a friend. So, Rod, congratulations. And once again, it's just lovely to be here. Thanks, Alec. And Alec is somebody who has always been there to answer questions for me and to help me out. Um, you know, it, and I like to think it's gone both ways. It has, you know, um, so we're, we're um, it, it's just been a very positive friendship over the years. So, so it, it's great to have you here. And uh, last but not least, we have Chad Painter with us. And Chad was... Um, I would say my co-host, but I was kind of—I was really his co-host on the Brownie Sunday podcast, which was the podcast um, that I was on before the Browns Blitz. And Chad was really the creative mind behind the the Brownie Sunday podcast. So Chad did the logo, he sang the intro music, he did, he pretty much did the layout <laughs> for every podcast. He got the guests. Um, but we, we did a lot of shows. Um, it was a lot of fun. And this is Chad's first appearance on this podcast. So wow. Chad, it, it's great to have you here. Um, Chad is just, uh, he's a great guy. Very, um, as you can tell, he's very creative from all the work that he did with that podcast. So, so Chad, it's great to have you. Great to be here. I forgot I did the theme music for that. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking about oh. all the stuff you did, man. Man, I have a lot of fond memories about the Brownie Sunday podcast. Yeah, so I'm a former co-host with Rod on that podcast and the 200th episode. Congratulations. I'll echo what everybody else has said here. That's awesome. Uh, you've always been a great content creator. And uh, yeah, these days I'm not too much in the football podcast realm, but I, I've stayed in the, the football world. I'm the chaplain for the Avon Eagles football team and football program. So still doing that. Got a lot of fun uh, football players that I, I get to be around and, and pour into their lives these days. Excellent. And congratulations to you or your son or however you want to put it. He, your son turned uh -huh. uh, two. Was it was today's birthday? 
Yeah, I'm a proud dad of a new two-year-old. Um, he just turned two on Tuesday. Tuesday, okay. Yeah, it's flying nice. by. Excellent. And Chad and I know this, and I've probably said it. I, we probably said it on the Brownie Sunday podcast, but Chad and I, uh, we share a birthday, so we have that bond too. We're both uh, <laughs> both April, both April seventh guys, so that's pretty cool. Wild. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think we knew that at first. We figured it out probably on April 7th, I would think. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, we figured it out. <laughs> so, guys, um, let's talk about uh, our Blitz beverages and what we're drinking tonight. Um, some of you guys may have something and some of you may not. So let's just kind of uh, uh, go around the uh, the uh, so-called room and, and see what anybody is drinking. So, uh, I'm just going to go in in order of the introduction. So, so Jeff, do you have anything you'd like to talk about? Yeah. So, in honor of the 200th episode, I thought I would really hit the hard stuff tonight. So, instead of water, I'm drinking lemonade. All right. So, <laughs> is that freshly squeezed out of the bottle, or it's right out of the package? Right out of the package. All right. Nice choice. Nice choice. Yeah. Uh, uh, Peter. Do you have do you have some Starbucks in front of you by chance? <laughs> uh, I, I I probably ought to at one twenty a.m. Rod, but I'm I'm I'm, just, <laughs> I'm sitting here with so this is the first time I've had this drink, non-alcoholic, so Doctor Aloe Mango Flavor Aloe Vera drink, and it's pretty Ooh. good. It's got oh. real aloe vera pieces in it, so it's kind of a drink with chunky bits in, but it's pretty good. So aloe vera is kind of like good for like burns and stuff. So I guess this drink sort of heals you from the inside out, right, Peter? So, something like that. That's, that's yeah. I was kind of wondering about that. That's excellent. Peter, so, Peter, don't they call drinking out at 1:20 a.m. over there out on the piss? Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so John, did you uh, did you in fact open a beer? Well, I kind of. Uh, I figured since it's old school and we're talking you know, 200th episode, I went back in time. So I, I had my hard liquor earlier. So instead, I, I did crack open a beer, but it's a IBC root beer uh, founded in 1919. <laughs> so um, good old fashioned root beer here. Um, in your honor. So there you go. Oh, I, I appreciate it. Excellent. <laughs> uh, Alec. Uh, are you are you allowed to drink anything tonight? Uh, I'm actually having a pretty dangerous substance. It's uh, hydrogen dioxide, <laughs> also known as H2O or water. <laughs> and you guys are just tearing it up here. Just tearing it up. <laughs> um, hey, you got to stay hydrated. Yeah. So, so Chad, are you going to bail me out here? I am. I have the official sponsor of your Cleveland Guardians Miller Lite in my hand. There you go. Wait Holy a minute. This light. is the Browns podcast. Hold on. What's going on? <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> Wait a minute. I I will take that. Now, Chad is Chad is the guy who like got me interested in in Sweet Baby Jesus and some other really good beer. So I'm I'm mildly disappointed in the beer choice, but I'm glad you're drinking a beer. And I hope you're really right. enjoying it. So <laughs> <laughs> I will add, I'll add this then, Rod. On Memorial Day, I ran out of my masthead Bach beers, which I think when I put, when I podcasted with you, Bach beers were my favorite thing. Yeah, yeah. So, 
excellent. Well, I brought out um, one of the one of the Joe Thomas uh, Great Lakes Kolsch beers for tonight. So um, excellent as always. I I'm, I think I'm down to three after this one. I save them for special occasions, guys, and and tonight definitely qualified. So so that's where I am. Very apropos. Yeah. So so guys, we do a little segment on this show where we have. Uh, first-time guests talk about their Cleveland Browns journey, and we do, in fact, have a first-time guest that would be Chad Painter. So, Chad, we're going to turn it over to you and, and and give you a few minutes to talk about your journey as a Browns fan. And I didn't tell him this was coming. <laughs> <laughs> um, flooded with memories. Because um, I moved here um, in first grade in 1999. So, the, the new Browns team just started with Tim Couch. I had a Tim Couch t-shirt jersey when I was a little kid. And um, ever since then, have just had the uh, – I've just been dragged for years. You know, you guys were dragged for years before me. But <laughs> <laughs> I have been uh, diehard, but, but um, for some reason should probably have already had multiple heart attacks by 31 by watching my Browns every season. Um, every year, every year I think I'm done. And then the off season comes around. I go, okay, okay. I could see it. I could see something happening here. I can see some positivity. I can see us turning it around this time. And, uh, and I'm there right now, guys. I am there. I can now see it this upcoming season. We could, we could move to the Super Bowl. So that's where I'm at now. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Do we, I know. It's, yeah, it's all right. It's okay. And we like guests say whatever we want. Jeff and I refrain from using the um, that term S normally word. this early. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this word. I know. I know. But I, it's, it's just a yearly routine for me. Well, you know what? I mean, there should be a lot of hope this season. There definitely yes. should be with the with the roster they're putting together. So, um, yes. definitely looking forward to to a lot of fun this season. So, so yeah, thanks thanks for sharing that, Chad. And we are we're going to move into some some Browns news and some Browns topics. You know this this podcast. You know, I just looking back over the over the four years, and we've We've talked about other stuff. Um, you know, uh, Jeff and I did did a series with some other people on 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 racism in America. We did three or four shows on that. Um, I've done two or three episodes, pretty much exclusively devoted to beer. Um, I've done a couple <laughs> of shows on writing. Um, you know, we've projected a lot of rosters and predicted scores, but it's always come down to the Browns. So. We typically start out with some Browns news and then and tackle some topics. And looking at Browns news, there's there's a couple couple of big things in the news right now. And and the first thing is really uh, DeAndre Hopkins and you know where he's going to sign. Is he going to sign with the Browns? Uh, should he sign with the Browns? Should we care? Should you know? And and uh, you know what's everybody think and, and all that. So I just thought thought I'd give everybody a chance to to kick in on this. Um, there's a lot of thoughts out there right now whether whether it's going to happen or, or not. So um, 
I don't really know if there's anything solid, but but Jeff, why don't you go first and give us your thoughts on DeAndre Hopkins? Um, great player. Should it happen here? No. Will it happen here? No. Um, I think we've got plenty of wide receivers already. Nice. Nicely done. Concise. Um, excellent. Uh, Peter, what do you think? Yeah, I think I think with with all of these free agents, particularly veterans who have been around as long as DeAndre Hopkins has, I think it, you know it's going to come down to dollars and cents and what's the sensible number at which he can be signed wherever wherever he ends up. Um, I think I think as a for the Browns, I think having picked up Cedric Tillman in the in the draft, who I absolutely loved, I'm not sure it's a it's a real need to be honest. Yeah, uh, John, I'm sure you've kicked this topic around already. So where do you stand on, on Hopkins? <laughs> yeah, we just finished talking about it earlier on our other Fanatical Elf show. And um, I guess it's not a need, but um, I mean, do I think it would happen? Probably not. The percentages aren't like I think Elliot on our show talked about like a one, like 30 percent shot. So I would say it's a possibility. Um would I like him to come to the Browns? Yes. Um, I think you can never be short, even though some we sometimes think that there's depth with our wide receiver room, and there might be some extra depth this year. I, I don't think you're going to – if you have the option to get him and it, there's an opportunity that's there, I would I would take it. Yeah. Yeah. Alec, now I know you can't give up any secrets here, but um, what are your what are your personal <laughs> thoughts? <laughs> so I have I have no insider sources on anything, but I do know. That, I mean, we gotta we gotta look at this logistically. And and would DeAndre Hopkins be a good fit in Cleveland? Yeah, I would yeah. say yes. He obviously played in Houston when there was a quarterback drafted by the Houston Texans named Deshaun Watson who, after 11 games, is the starting quarterback for the Browns. Yeah. He, on, he earlier this week, that he being DeAndre Hopkins, also signed Kelton Crenshaw from Clutch Sports. Crenshaw yeah. is a Cleveland State University graduate, which is in downtown Cleveland. He has also three different... Browns on his clientele list. Dewan Jones, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and Parian Winfrey, which Parian Winfrey, we don't know what's going on. That's a whole other topic. But he has bases in Cleveland. He has roots in Cleveland. And during the golf outing that happened this week for the Browns, Deshaun Watson said that he would love it. So would I like to see Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins team up again? Absolutely. Is it feasible? Potentially, we have the cap space now that the contracts of John Johnson the third is gone, and and whoever else, and who I'm blanking. Jadavian Clowney, Jadavian. Yeah, yeah. But now the question is: Does Andrew Barry, for lack of a better term, does Andrew Barry have the trigger to pull on it? Is he going to be able to pull that trigger before someone else does? That's 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 where we stand right now. We have the means. It would make sense in a way. 
because we do have, as, as it was just brought up, we do have Cedric, Cedric Tillman. We do have Marquise Goodwin. We do have a bunch of wide receivers. We have Donovan Peoples-Jones, who's going to need to get paid. We have, obviously, Amari Cooper, who's done phenomenal things in his first year. But the question remains, is there going to be a DeAndre Hopkins in Northeast Ohio? Yeah. Yes, I would I would hope so, but no, it's not guaranteed. Yeah. So, Chad, what what's your take? Would you are you in favor of this? Uh, do you think the Browns should be looking at other spots, or in, you know, if they have to if they're going to spend more money, or or what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see a reunion. Is it a long shot? Probably. Um, I did see that report that he signed with clutch sports which is very interesting because they do have the um, multiple browns players with them Uh i don't know if that's a dead giveaway that he's gonna come back and reunite you know i I also see the reports that they absolutely love elijah moore and he is just showing out already with deshaun watson and it seems like they have a great connection already as, as they're getting into practice so they might see it as not much of a need um, uh-huh. and I could so I can see both sides of it I would love it to happen I'm gonna put it in the long shot category um, I think he'd probably prefer going to the Bills Chiefs somebody along those lines at this point in his career so he'd probably favor that but but the clutch signing and, and having that agency switch is a little interesting to me yeah yeah I agree with you definitely so so yeah, I guess we'll we'll see. I, I you know when when I was planning this out, you know working on the uh, working on what we're going to talk about, you know I, I kind of thought maybe this would something would happen with him before we recorded, but mm-hmm. but no. So um, we'll see. We'll see how long it takes, and we'll we'll see what happens. So uh, so everybody saw the news about Jim Donovan. So I, I thought kind of as a tribute, maybe we just kind of go around and and. Um, if you guys have a favorite Jim Donovan call you want to talk about, if you don't, that's okay. Um, I know maybe maybe you guys don't all hear him all the time, so so that's okay. But um, instead of just going around, if you guys just maybe maybe just want to, uh, we'll just open up the room on this one. So if you if you have a favorite Jim Donovan call, I mean there's there's a couple obviously that come to mind, but um, you know maybe we'll just uh, open it up and. See if you guys want to uh, talk about the two I'm thinking of, or if, or if you have any others that, that you would like to throw out there. Or I can call on you guys if you'd rather. <laughs> <laughs> John, why don't you go first? Um, I like well. There's a couple, and I'm trying to recall. There's one with the Baltimore Ravens with Nick Chubb when he ran. Um, it was early on. Was it the 2019 season? I can't exactly remember that's how he described Chubba it. Wubba Hubba call? Yeah, Chubba Wubba Hubba. That, that's classic. If I and said then, that right. Yeah. Yeah, and then there was the other um, years ago when they were, was it against the Saints? It was against the Atlanta Falcons. Was it, he, it was another Chubb run, the one that he went, but 90-some yards, longest run in um, Browns history, I think, right? Longest run from scrimmage for running back. Uh, so that was another good one. And then obviously the the call at the the um, the uh, playoff game or or getting into the playoffs and how they were going you know they were going to play Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. but just that call from, from home was really really awesome. 
Yeah. So any of you guys have, have other calls you'd like to, to bring bring out? Um, Chad, is there anything you can think of? I should have given you guys time to think about this, apparently. That, that's no, I mean, I got, that, I got. Yeah. Or I Alec, why don't you throw the some Ravens out? Run. A, the Ravens run? Yeah. Yeah. It was 2020 when we had just clinched the playoffs. Uh, I remember Jim Donovan screaming in excitement just about the fact that the Browns were no longer out of the running for playoffs because the Browns were the brunt of every joke surrounding the National Football League since returning to Cleveland in 99. Let's let's just call yeah. it spade a spade. Yeah. Just to see the excitement and just to hear rather the excitement in his voice about those calls, it it makes you feel like a kid jumping up and down and and saying, "Oh my God, this is amazing." That is what the, this that's what Jim Donovan not only brings as a as a member of the Browns but as an individual. He's able to encap he's able to make sure people are infatuated with what's going on in the game, regardless of when you tune in. And, yeah. and you know, I can speak on behalf, I'm not going to speak on behalf of everyone, even though I, can, I probably easily can, and this will be the only time I ever say this, but Mr. Donovan, sir, kick cancer's ass again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, Jeff, do you have any calls off the top of your head? If not, it's okay. No, not really. I just, I wanted to kind of think back to the guys that preceded Jim Donovan. Yeah. Um, you know, Nev Chandler was the voice of the Browns when you and I first started following them, Rod. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, he died of cancer. And then Casey Coleman took his place, and he also died of cancer. And now Jim Donovan has, you know, is battling cancer for the second time. Um I don't really know what to make of that, but um, it's kind of a gray cloud <laughs> over the franchise that, you know, that these guys that are the voice of the team um, have had to struggle with this. So, um, yeah, I, I hope he yeah. breaks that. I hope he breaks that string. Yeah, I sure hope so. I know he's in everybody's prayers, so let's uh, yeah. let's hope that um, let's hope he can do it again, guys. That's all I can say. So, um, Jeff, I'm I'm going to go back to you on this one because I just saw this and I, I had to bring it up because um, you know this is this is a guy we've talked about. Um, your your man your man crush your player crush Jannard Avery just just signed with the Baltimore not with the Baltimore Colts with the Indianapolis Colts. I'm going <laughs> back like 50 years, guys. Um, with the with the Colts. Um, okay. Good. So, so yeah. Not that there's really anything to talk about with that, but <laughs> a Gennard Avery sighting. Yeah, that's one great. of just former favorite players. Yeah. I always felt like you know there there should have been a bigger role for him, and you know that they didn't really utilize him correctly, and you know apparently I was wrong because he's <laughs> never really been utilized correctly. <laughs> so um, he has he has not had a huge career you know he's, yeah. he's got some staying power and, and that. yeah he's been around, around now for a while, while. Yeah. yeah so yeah, good but, for him yeah. I'm, I'm glad to hear it yeah definitely definitely um yeah that that's about all i have on the browns news any, any of you guys have any browns news items you'd like to to bring up at this mm. point 
I actually do, and and I don't know if this was seen very widely through the through the Browns Twitter space or through Browns news and social media, but last week, last Monday, to be more specific, uh, former punt returner, kick returner Josh Griggs was announced as one of the Ooh. four entrants into Ooh. the Greater Cleveland Sports Hall of Fame class of 2023. This is not, I want to make a very clear distinction. This was not anything that, anything close to the Pro Football Hall of Fame as much as I would love to say it. Yeah. But this is just around our, this is around the Northeast Ohio area after his eight years in Cleveland and being able to do everything that he's done in Cleveland and being able to be an ambassador for the game of football. They have announced, they actually announced on our air that he's going in. That's great. Um, Allie, I'm going to plead a little bit of ignorance here and say that I don't know a lot about this Hall of Fame. So can, can for those of us that aren't familiar with, with this Hall of Fame, can you tell us a little bit more about it? Like how long it's been around and, you know, um, what other type of players from are, are in this? I mean, is this, um, are there college players? Is, is it all major, you know, um, you know, um, professional players in this in, in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, absolutely. So some of the names you have are Tom Hamilton, Kate Nagati, the Olympic gold medalist. I know I butchered her name and I apologize. But this has been something that's been going on since 1975. Okay, great. And, you know, you have, like I said, you have Tom Hamilton. You have a bunch of different inductees in into it. And, and, I can try and pull the list here. You have you you also have Bernie Kosar in it as well. There are there are a lot of Ohio Cleveland area athletes that are entered into this, and it's a it's on a yearly basis as if it was a professional football hall of fame. So Bernie Kosar just went in last year, as well as Katie McGody, Cheryl Russo, and Tom Hamilton. And in the year before, you had. Tom Gill, who was the Urban Community School president. Uh, Andre Nod of the of Valley Sports. You had a bunch, mm-hmm. a couple of other peoples in that peoples. Man, I can't English. Uh, <laughs> you it's have past John, your bedtime, I know. It, it, it really is. I am such an old man. Uh, you also had John <laughs> Groza, who was the grandson of Lou Groza, who went Ooh. in in 21. Awesome. That's great. So yeah, so it's a great mix of uh, of players and and uh, you know various people from from the press and and uh, and ambassadors really ambassadors players, yeah. media yeah. and ambassadors of, of well, that's sports great. in Northeast Ohio. That, that's awesome. Thank thanks for sharing that with us. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. 
With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So guys, we're, we're going to play a little bit of a game here, and we'll kind of see where this takes us. Um, <laughs> we've played games on this show over the years, and some of them have have really been a lot of fun, and others have flopped horribly. So we'll see how this one goes. Um, what I did was I wrote down a few topics that, that we have talked about over the years. Sometimes, you know, at one, you know, for one show, sometimes some of these are recurring topics that just keep coming up over and over and over. So I, I have these numbered one through eight, and I figured I'd just let you guys, you know, we'll go through a few of these and you can just pick a number and then we'll, we'll talk about the topic or, or we'll just say, you know, no, we don't want to talk about that, I guess. So, so, uh, so, so Try again, Rod. <laughs> yeah, no, that one stinks. Try again. So, uh, so, so, Peter, why don't you pick a number between one and eight, and I'll, I'll read the, I'll read the topic. Number four. Number I four. You think this I is good feeling. or bad? Yeah. I have a feeling he did this in in terms of what's significant with the number. I'm I'm keeping my mouth shut, so. <laughs> You're giving me way too much credit, Alex. Way my tinfoil hat. My tinfoil hat yeah. on. I literally wrote down eight topics and then I wrote numbers beside them. <laughs> so number four is the Browns' historic playoff win over the Steelers in January of 2021. So, obviously, we did a sh- show following that playoff win, and so part of this is the fact that the Browns won that game. The other part is is how historic we felt that playoff win was at the time, and the fact that we saw it as a turning point for the franchise at that time, <laughs> or, yeah. or at least I did, <laughs> because I came up with the title for the podcast. So, so I thought that that win was, you know, something that really was a, a page turner for this for this team and this franchise. And while it was a huge win, was it really historic, uh, you know? And and it really helped to move the team forward as much as we thought. So, yeah. So, so let's let's get some thoughts. So, um, so so Chad, we'll let you go first on this. Um, Looking back at that that win, you know, how how big was it, you know, at the time, and how big does it loom right now? Hey, I just ran back to my phone. Re- okay, repeat the the win. Oh, the win the win was the Browns' uh, playoff win over the Steelers in January of twenty one, and mm. I, I I called it the Browns' historic playoff win <laughs> over the Steelers. So the question is, yes. was it truly historic? Or was it just a, a great story at the time, I guess? I mean, for me, yeah, I'm absolutely with you. It was historic. Um, and, and maybe that has to do kind of with, like I started off at the top with my my story. Um, I've been to the Brown-Steelers games. Um, it's been emotional throughout the years. And, and it's kind of been, like everybody says, the, the kind of big brother whooping. And um, for me, that was very historic. I think that's that's going to continue some momentum for the next few years. And hopefully we keep building on those wins um, to where we turn 
the narrative toward uh, toward us being the ones who can whoop on them for a while. So yeah, I think it was historic, and I and I absolutely hope it continues on. Yeah, uh, John, do you agree with that, or do you see it a little bit differently? <laughs> We're all away from our phones. Yeah, apparently. Are you there, John? Okay. Um, uh oh. Uh oh. We lost John. Anyway, Alec, what? How how do you see that one present hmm. day? I'm here. I'm just thinking. That's all right. So, 2020 was a sign. It was you know obviously there was a lot of doubt going into that game. And we're, we got to look at it from a holistic perspective. There's a lot of doubt going to that game. Headed by Kevin Stefanski, our head coach, getting COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we end up going through. We win. And it was great. And, and it was, in a way, historic. It was the first time in franchise in franchise, well, the re-franchises history, I'll call it, because it's their second franchise. Right. That we want to play off. Then we go to Kansas City, we go toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes, and we were one play away. We were one play away. Yeah. From shocking the world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it makes you think a lot about where we were. Now, I'm not going to say that what had happened in the past, you know, what happened leading up between then and now is a good thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. But to play devil's advocate, we had Baker Mayfield looking the best that he's ever been. We had him looking like he was the Heisen from the University of Oklahoma again. Mm-hmm. Make you think, what would have happened had he not blown his shoulder out? What would have happened? Yeah. Would we have landed Deshaun Watson? Would we have pulled in Amari Cooper? Would we have re-signed Nick Chubb to that money? Would we have re-signed Miles Garrett to a record-breaking deal? Would we go and have Donovan Peoples-Jones being the a wide receiver too? Would we have all of these players being who they are? Or would Baker Mayfield still be a cancer? I mean, you can even look at it like this. We had Odell Beckham Jr. still. Would things have worked out better if Baker Mayfield wasn't hurt? That's one of those questions, I guess. I guess you never know, you know. And Uh, and unfortunately, we never will. Yeah, yeah, we never will know. So, uh, so Peter, let me let me go back to you on this and. how much does a win like that mean to a team when when there's a win, you know, a, a big win in a play, in the playoffs, and then there's a drop off, and, and the team has to, you know, has to kind of rebuild, regroup again. How 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 long can a win like that carry over for a franchise and still have some effect? I think uh, I think I think normally the longer than it probably did in this instance. And I, and I think as was just described, I think that had they gone to Kansas City and Kansas City had won that game easily, 
that I actually think that the, the Browns win over the Steelers would have carried longer in a bizarre way. Yeah. But, but I think, you know, the Browns going down to the Chiefs as they did, and as was described, you know, it's a one-score game, a one-play game, probably, um, I won't say set the franchise back, but, but took from a great high the previous week to almost a great low. Because because in a way, it's easier to get over a, a blowout loss than it is to get over a loss that comes down to one play. And and it's interesting that the, the Baker Mayfield thing, had the Browns gone on to the Super Bowl and perhaps won it, but just getting to the Super Bowl, how much time that would have given Baker Mayfield and some of those other guys that were there at that point in terms of buying them time for their future career. Because you don't yeah. suddenly move on from a Super Bowl quarterback. Um, so, sure. So it, it, yeah. it, 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 it's, a, it's a really interesting perspective. And, and, and of course, I mean, any time the Browns play the Steelers, it's a huge game. Any time the Browns play the Steelers in the playoffs and beat them, it's a huge game. And I think I'm right in saying, and you guys will, will correct me because you're closer to it than I am, I think. Didn't the Browns jump out to like a twenty-eight nothing lead in this game? In the, um, in the, was it twenty-eight first... nothing? Or yeah, I think it was twenty-eight nothing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, everything that could have gone wrong for the Steelers did. Yeah, it, it was twenty-eight nothing in the first quarter. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The first few minutes of the game it was run away. It was yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, it was like watching a I don't I don't even know like watching a video game or something. Yeah, <laughs> like so, you know. Yeah, so so I think bizarrely, just to summarize, I think that. The the game would almost have been bigger and had a, a, a I don't know a bigger um, forward effect for the Browns had they not lost that close game to the Chiefs. Yeah. I think there was a great high followed by a great low, if you like. Sure. Yeah, definitely. Hey, uh, Rod, can you hear me? Yeah, we got you, John. Okay, great. I'm back. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we we got you back. So. So I tell you what, we, let's move on to another topic, guys. So, um, so, uh, so, John, why don't you go ahead and pick a number between one and eight, but not four? How about eight? We'll go with eight. Um, number eight is the uh, is the idea of continuity and the Browns needing continuity that 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 Jeff and I have harped on and harped on on this show. So, um, and that we seem to seem to be edging closer and closer to as an organization. So, so John, what, since you didn't get to talk about the, the other one, why don't, uh, why don't you kick mm-hmm. this one off? That you feel like the Browns are, are gaining continuity. Well, that they, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, we've been preaching this, uh, you know, since, uh-huh. you know, for four years and, and it's not always been there, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it goes back to, Freddie Kitchens and before Freddie, even sure. you know when we started this podcast. So, um, so yeah, now yes, I, yeah, it feels like definitely. it's almost there. Yeah, the fact that they they're what they're going into year um, what is this four now, right? With yeah. uh, Stefanski. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I mean that's I mean that's a big deal compared to what we've seen, and um, you definitely get the sense. I mean, when Stefanski came in. You know, you read anything about him and his longevity there with the Minnesota Vikings as a longtime assistant. And when he was coming out of college, and even when he was a collegiate player himself and 
He was very astute, very, you know, um, organized. And so I think all those things are very appealing and what's helped to get to this point. Now, um, I think they are building that. I, you know, you think you're coming off of two years of where you went, you won one game with um, Hugh Jackson over a two-year span. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's definitely, I think, you know, there's a lot pointing in that direction, obviously. There is uh, a lot of going to be some built up pressure with new signings and more talented players and some additional depth this year. So hopefully the Browns get off to a good start and they are, yeah, they are following kind of the other teams that have historically been doing well, even, you know, the team that we hate to the East that down the highway there in Pittsburgh, uh, they've been pretty pretty consistent and showing continuity with their program. So I think that's what the Browns are trying to get back to. And I, you definitely get that sense. Absolutely. So, so Jeff, let's go to you on this. And because you're the one, you're, you're one of the uh, people who's been talking about this. So, (laughs) you know, I think way, way back, we talked about how long, you know, a coach would need to be here to kind of, to achieve this and stuff. How, How close do you feel the Browns are to, feeling like there's continuity. I mean, d- despite the fact that we're looking at a new DC and a new special teams coordinator, this. Right. Yeah. I, somebody made the comment a while back, um, you know, that, well, you know, this is Stefanski's make or break year. And, and, you know, if we, if we, we uh, don't make it to the Super Bowl this year, we're going to have to clean house again. And, you know, we tried continuity. So now we need to bring somebody else in. Right. And I, my response to that was, well, four years of continuity isn't the flex that you think it is to use Twitter terminology. Mm. Um, how much longer do we have to do it? Um, 25 years, you know, let's, let's, let's look back in 25 years and say, okay, have we had continuity? Because that's what we're up against with uh, some of our division rivals, right? Um, how long was Ozzie Newsom in Baltimore? Um, mm-hmm. You know, all the other head coaches in our division, I mean, Cincinnati is a little bit different story, but um, you know, they're not changing head coaches like, you know, most people change their socks. Um, so, yeah, we, we've got a long way to go to establish continuity. I think I think we we we're sticking our toe in the in the ocean right now and, and seeing if, you know, we can survive. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it's it's been good that, that, you know, we finally have a, a front office and a coaching staff that, that seem to be on the same page. And ownership is not meddling, so that's a that's a huge step for this organization. Um, but yeah, I think I think we're we're a long way from continuity. Yeah, so I think this would be a good time to throw out that trivia question, John. Yeah, now, I'm going to have you help me out with this because okay, I have the question in front of me, and um, this this in no way has anything to do with what Jeff was just talking about. Um, <laughs> what previous Cleveland Browns player and Hall of Famer was the general manager of the Baltimore Ravens from 1996 to 2018? And how, let's see, John, how do we want people to enter this? Yes. So if you know this answer, it's a softball question. Obviously, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, we we want you for our uh, fanatical elves network. If you could email elves network, that's E L F Z network 
No, wait. Is that right? Did I spell it? <laughs> it's Elves Network with a Z. Instead of the Elf with an S, it's with a Z. Network at gmail.com. Email your answer to that easy question or the answer to that to that email with your name and we're going to put your name in a hat and we're going to have another series of shows next week and then we're going to draw for those two free tickets to the Baltimore Ravens Browns game in early October week four excellent you know Rod a better question would have been who who was the uh, Steelers general manager something that we covered on this show several months back um if you want to prove that you're a real NFL fan, tell me who the Steelers general manager has been for all these many years up until recently. We had no idea who, who that was. <laughs> no clue. It's like he left and we're like, I never even heard of the guy. Right. right. Um, yeah, nobody ever talks about him. Everybody talks about how, how good Ozzy was with, with good reason. But yeah. the Steelers GM was pro- probably drafted just as well. And, and you never see his name anywhere. So right. anyways, um, so yeah, so let, let's, uh, let's, Jeff, why don't you pick a number then? We got one, two, three, five, six, seven left, and we'll let these other guys join in on, a, on uh, some answers. Okay, I'm going to go with number two. Number two is uh, Clay Matthews Hall of Fame, which we've talked a, a few times on here with, uh, with some great guests, including... Uh, including Peter and, and Jennifer and, and uh, some other people, uh, Malcolm and, and a lot of other great people. I'm talking about Clay's um, mm. spot that should already be occupied in the Hall of Fame. So, um, so, uh, so uh, yeah, I guess, uh, Peter, I need to hear you first on this one. <laughs> okay, I, I was just wondering whether or not I could answer Jeff's question. <laughs> oh, absolutely! The Steelers, Kev, uh, yeah. Kevin Colbert, Kevin Colbert, right? There you go. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Not not a big name though. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I mean, yeah. I mean, the the, the, the Clay Matthews thing, as you said, um, Rob. We've talked we've talked about on a on a on a number of occasions, and I think that there's no doubt in my mind. Um, that he should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, as 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 you know, as a as a kid growing up in in England, my two favourite players as a kid were Earl Campbell and Clay Matthews Jr. So it had nothing to do with the teams that I supported or any of that. They were just my two favourite football players, and Clay Matthews Jr. played in that era of outside linebackers that got all the notice because of the number of sacks that they got. And we all know about Lawrence Taylor, but you think of Andre Tippett and those guys that were also around at the same time. But but Clay had that versatility, the ability to play. You know, we talked about this before. You know, pretty much half of his career as an outside linebacker in the 4-3 and then half of his career as an outside linebacker in the 3-4. Hmm. Um rush the passer, cover backs and tight ends, um, played the run, just did everything. And I think his versatility and the ability to be the great all-round player that he was 
has actually done him a disservice in terms of the Hall of Fame because people look at those headline numbers and it starts and it starts with sacks. Um, so, but but what can I say? Absolutely should be in the in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Was inducted into. You mentioned the the PF, PFRA right at the start of this, Rod, when you introduced me. Professional mm-hmm. Football Researchers Association. They have a Hall of Very Good, which is you know, for players who have not yet been inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame and Clay Matthews Jr. was inducted in the in the last class um that was just done, the twenty twenty two class, um, yeah. for the Hall of Hall of Very Good and absolutely should in my my opinion be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know what else uh what else there is to say. Um you know, the, I know... The, Rod, Go ahead, Jeff. Rod, let me just interject real quick. The memory that sticks with me, and, and it was one of my favorite interviews that we did on this show together, um, was with Clay's son Brian. Yeah. Um, and when we talked about this with him, I thought he had the absolute perfect answer. And and it's something I'm sure that the family has discussed a lot that um while Clay would be tremendously honored um, to, to be in the Hall of Fame, and they all hope that it happens at some point for him, um, Clay is not the kind of guy that's going to go out and, and champion himself and, and you know, demand that kind of, of uh, recognition. And that has hurt him as well, I think, um, that you know, he's just a very humble guy. And he's just so happy for his experience playing in the NFL for, for so many years. Um, and if he was able to get into the Hall of Fame for him, it would just be sort of the, the cherry on top. Yeah, and, and that's true. And that's why that's why Jennifer took on the role of championing that cause. And, right. you know, I think she had some success because she – and obviously she's a Matthew. She has a lot of connections and she's at, at, you know, she's actually been able to, I think, cause some movement, not what Clay would cause, but certainly a lot more than what people like Peter and I can cause, um, you know, without a doubt. So, um, but, but you're right. Um, Clay really, from what, from what, uh, from what Jennifer and Brian have to say, it's not a big deal to Clay. Um, it's more about, you know, his, his kids know he belongs there. Um, the fans know he belongs there. You know, anybody who saw him play, um, we, we, we delved completely into the stats, and you can see exactly what happened. You know, he didn't play edge enough to accumulate the sack total to get into the hall. That's it. <laughs> There's really nothing more to right. say. So, so yeah. Um, and the rest of you guys didn't, uh, um, other other than John, really didn't see yeah. uh, didn't see Clay play. So, um, I'm going to bring up. Uh, I got I've got two more topics real quick here, and then we'll close things out. I think, guys. So I I didn't want to go too too long here and make this into a a thing where we stay up all night or anything because <laughs> some of you guys have bedtimes and Peter's already done that. Peter's already up past his bedtime, so of course Peter stays up later than most of us, anyway. So, um, <laughs> so, uh, so I'm, I'm just going to pick a couple of my favorites. Uh, what's left off the list? And number seven is um, 
is just kind of a general thing. We have talked about the wide receiver room over and over on this show. And, and you know, at first it was because it was kind of ignored, um, you know, and then it was and then it was the guys making a ton of money, you know, and then um, it, it's just been one thing after another. And now it seems to be in a pretty good state. So I just I just have number seven listed as the evolution of the wide receiver room. And I really don't know what thought there is to put to this, but but uh, let's go to Alec on this. Alec, is the, is this just the uh, is this the organization finally realizing that there's you know that um, I don't want to say there's value in the wide receivers because you know they, they went after OBJ and, and Jarvis and guys like this, but you know going back further, man, there was there was nobody in that wide receiver room. Um, you know, is this just a front office that that knows that they need some value at wide receiver? Is this be, or is this because they signed to Sean Watson? Um, it, it's just been kind of wild seeing the composition from year to year in this wide receiver room. I'm going to try and answer your question with a question. Do you think this front office would value Dwayne Bow? <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say no. Okay, so we got to look at it like this. This this started before Baker Mayfield even got drafted. It, it really did. You had a trade for Jarvis Landry for like a fourth and two fifths, which is a steal. Yeah. Because as we know, he changed the culture in the wide receiver room for Cleveland Browns. You know, we had the evolution of Richard Higgins, who turned out to be a prominent Cleveland Browns wide receiver. We had... Obviously, Odell Beckham Jr., which, you know, you can take that, you can label it however you want. Now we have Donovan Peoples-Jones. We have Cedric Tillman. We have Amari Cooper. If I can interject here, I had Odell Beckham Jr. labeled as the number five topic. But continue. (laughs) No! He's a a topic all by himself. All by himself, yes. (laughs) Wow. Okay, well. Never mind. I won't. I won't bring up No Del Beckham. <laughs> so, anyways, I digress. I mean, we have all these wide receivers now that that have gotten that that show that we are getting talent at these positions. We also have to talk about the emergence of the tight end room. David Njoku right now is a top ten tight end of the NFL. He's in the top ten. I'm not going to dispute that. I mean, honestly, that honestly, that's I don't want to say I don't want to use the words. That's not saying a lot, but um, <laughs> that's my my job. That, that's, that's kind my, of my, my thought. Top 10. <laughs> please do. Please, please. I, I think I have to say that. Yeah, no, I mean, we all didn't know what happened or what would happen with with David and Joku, especially after signing, you know, a new agent. We thought he was going to get traded. Okay, cool. But no, he doubled down, stayed in Cleveland. And I mean, look at the gear he had this year. You had some remarkable catches in, in this in, in the last year it, with Deshaun Watson and without Deshaun Watson. Granted, yeah. he's not going to be, you know, we're not going to get a Tyreek Hill. We're not going to get a Justin Jefferson. We're not going to get a, you know, Jamar Chase. It sucks, but 
considering where we have come, we have gone a very, very long way when it comes to the wide receiver room in Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah, it, I, I've talked about this on the show, but the, the season that Amari Cooper had last year was a top 10 season in Brown's history. That just shows you what we've had at wide receiver in this franchise. So, so Chad, I want to come to you. It, how do how comfortable do you feel with this wide receiver room? And do you feel like this is one of the top wide receiver rooms you've seen or the top, you know, are you hoping this is the top wide receiver room uh, that you've seen since you've been following this team? Yeah, I'm hoping it, it is. I'm a big Elijah Moore fan. I was really raving that they got that trade done. And um, the same with Amari Cooper's trade. I really like kind of going back to the continuity statement. Of course, like Jeff said, it's going to take a while to see if that is actually true. But um, small sample size, there's a lot of continuity with how they're going about acquiring good, proven wide receivers and wheeling and dealing for them to make it happen. And, um, and taking really safe, uh, I think, picks. I mean, finding DPJ in the sixth was an awesome pick. Um, he's been productive. Finding using your first pick in this draft because of the Watson trade in the third round on Cedric Tillman. Great pick. I mean, he fell down a little bit, but I mean, I think his whole career, collegiate career, was like, this guy is way better than Jalen Hyatt <laughs> until he got injured. And then yeah. uh, he fell down the board. So, yeah, it's, it's packed. It's got great vets like Goodwin now. Um, hopefully a guy like Goodwin can maybe take Schwartz under his wing and, and show him with that speed um, how to really execute some of Stefanski's plays. So I'm really excited about the wide receiver room, and I think that's the best thing that our our front office, our coach has done uh, is get these wide receivers. So I, I love it. I, I think that they've been trying, though. I think, I'm so glad they didn't um, – after the whole OBJ thing and, and Jarvis Landry thing and things not working out there, go, whatever, we'll just figure something else out. We'll put our money elsewhere. I'm glad they kept shooting their shot until they found a guy who fit their culture like Amari Cooper, um, yeah. who yeah. a guy like Elijah Moore, I think, will really fit Stavansky's uh, offense really, really well. So, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Um, John or, or Al, yeah. go ahead. I, I, I don't mean to interject. I just have to be completely blunt. I was so mad when the Giants jumped up to take Jalen Hyatt. I I was so mad. <laughs> I, I knew they were doing it as soon as they did the trade. I'm like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. Uh, you want to reply to that, Peter? <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask Peter to reply to that. Peter, let's get into a fight. <laughs> <laughs> No, I can't. I can't. I can't. Oh, 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 all I'll say is Cedric Tillman. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I'm not sure that you know, and, and unless unless people have studied the draft or studied college football, they realise how good Cedric Tillman is and could well be. Right, so this is a thousand yard receiver from the from the season before last, injured in 2022. Would have gone higher in the draft a year ago than he did this year, so I, so I think 
getting him where Cleveland did, I I think that they've got a first round talent in round three, and I think Tillman's going to be a lot a lot better better and um, contribute a lot more than people realize. No, I absolutely agree. You know, Cedric Tillman's production prior to his injury is unfathomable. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so let's get back to John and and your thoughts okay. on the wide receiver room. We've kind of we kind of well, hit on some of this with the Hopkins yeah, talk, but I, go ahead. Yeah, no. What you just, I mean, what you guys were just talking about with Hyatt, or is it Hyatt, the kid that was drafted one above yes. Tillman, yeah. right? Yeah. So that I mean, I had a conversation with a, a guy from from the Giants, uh, podcaster out there in New York, uh, about a month ago, um, and he actually on his. Um, breaking down, you know, looking at drafts and and the video and everything with Tillman, said that when he even uh, you would look at all the, you know video of, of of the of the players and when Tillman was on the on the field, he was always just so much. Um, I mean, people were just commenting about him. He just stood out. Um, so I think it's gonna like you said. I think it's really a, a much stronger talent than even that third round. So I think I'm excited about that. As far as the rest of the room, you know, I like the uh, pickup of the veteran Marquise Goodwin. I mean, his story, his personal story is just amazing. Um, I I started learning about him several years ago when I, um, he came out of Texas. He was a track star Olympian. He has a sister who has disabilities. And if the ESPN did something years ago about it, that, and, that really caught my interest in just the fact I always have rooted for him and him being able to come over to the Browns now. Um, you know, I think he'll probably make the squad, but um, depending on what happens uh, with whatever happens with Hopkins and whatnot. So I think the room is stronger. I think it's, it's definitely an improvement. Um, then who's going to be not there. I mean, who's going to be released cut, We've got, you know, Schwartz, <laughs> uh, Felton. Uh, don't see them, you know, are they the Browns going to end up just releasing them? I don't know if you can get any um, talent back or, you know, trade. I mean, I don't think you're going to get a sixth or seventh rounder, maybe for Schwartz, but I doubt it. I, so, yeah, I like what, where we're going. Um, and it's uh, it's better than it has been, so... We'll see where it goes this year. Those uh, those last, what, 10, 12 guys to make the roster, you know, the, um, there better not be guys who are kind of counting on those spots. Guys are really enough to show up uh, to, to earn those yeah. spots. It, it's it's not going to be easy to make this team for those, those I call no. them bottom of the roster guys, but, I mean, these these are all talented guys at this point. So um, exactly, yeah. not your typical bottom, you know, bottom of the roster guys. So that's, yeah. that's all you can ask from your GM, right? Is to make those last few cuts extremely difficult. That's when yeah. you know, you know, yeah. he's done his job. He's, he's done a great job. So one, yeah. one, one last question, guys, are, are we going to be talking about whether or not games are the defensive coordinator's fault and whether he should go or not this year? <laughs> because we've talked about this almost every season back since since I started following the Brown. Well, since Marty Schottenheimer was a DC, maybe. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna need something stronger than water. 
Yeah, are you guys confident in Jim Schwartz and and this defense that the Browns have put together? Um, what, what do you think about that, Jeff? Uh, expectations are extremely high. Um, I mean, I've I've been trying to to temper those recently here um, because it's not something you just plug pieces together and, and succeed at. So um, it, there there could be some some struggles early. Uh, but hopefully, you know, the, the philosophy will, will better fit the, the, the talent that we have. Um, and, you know, we'll give our offense a chance to, to get some better field position than, you know, we've, we've probably seen in the past, and, um, you know, being more opportunistic. But, um, like I said, a couple of weeks ago, I think there's, there's still a very pretty high likelihood that, you know, fans are going to be upset because we're going to we're going to give up as many big plays as we create. Um, just kind of give up the, points. Yeah. Right, well, by the Fans nature of, like of the defense, right? I mean, you know, it's, it's we had a very vanilla defense the last few seasons that, that didn't take a lot of risk, and this is going to be a much more high-risk defense. Yeah. Alec, what do you think? Or, uh, is the season going to be different? <laughs> Ask me in week five. Week yeah. five, yeah, we'll see. It. it may not be at the beginning. We'll see. So, um, John, what first, are, what are your thoughts? Or did I, Alec, were you going to say yeah. something else? Yeah, just quickly, because the first four games of the season is really going to be the determinant. It's it's going to it's going to show where the Browns are right now. You have mm-hmm. a very tough first four games, and then very you have tough. a bye week. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. So, John, um, yeah, I just going to pick up on that because I know you've mentioned this on your other your podcast a few weeks ago. But I'm in agreement with like what you just said about you guys were just talking about the first four weeks. I think that that week six, <laughs> game five against the 49ers is going to be the biggest game <sighs> on their season. Um, I don't know if it'll have a final bearing on what happens with our our team, but I, I you know, it, that's going to be a big game. Depending on how they look, that and and we, you know, you're going to learn a lot in that first four weeks, and everyone's going to be talking. In, on on the bye week, and you're either it's going to be positive or it's going to be negative. So going into that big home game, that's going to be big. Well, Jeff, I think I can announce this, right? Well, yeah, I mean we've we've taken it upon ourselves, Rod. Yeah, we're <laughs> you guys don't have to worry about that one because because Jeff and I are going to be at that game, so we can guarantee a victory. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yes. I, I do have to worry about that 49ers game because their quarterback is so over. They had Paul Heyman from the WWE hyping him up. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. So, dude, it's insanely over. <laughs> <laughs> so, Peter, what what are your thoughts on, on uh, Jim Schwartz and how much of a difference he's going to make for the Browns? Are people going to be able to? Uh, I should say, are people going to be able to relax a little bit more watching the Browns' defense on the field? <laughs> yeah, and 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 it's and it's interesting because because he um he does some strange stuff, you know. He, he'll 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 line up defensive ends at defensive tackle, and he'll line tackles up at ends, and um because he's a defensive line coach by trade, um. But yeah, no, I th- I I think it's, I I think 
when the Browns picked him up, I thought it was an excellent pickup, right? So this is this is a guy that when he was he managed to get the Detroit Lions to the playoffs when he was coaching the Lions, and so that's that's saying mm. something, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I think he's been a very successful defensive mind for a long time in in the NFL. You won't see a huge amount of blitzing. Doesn't send eight guys after the quarterback, um, but I think he's. I think he's going to do. Uh, it's just one of those guys that does a good job wherever he goes, right? And and and, and all yeah. I would say is, with with new coaches, which is I think kind of what you guys are alluding to, you just have to give them time to to fit all the jigsaw pieces together. So it it yeah. may be a struggle early, but it will come together because he's been successful in every job that he's done, in my view. Yeah. So, Chad, how excited or apprehensive are you about this uh, this defense with Jim Schwartz this season? Yeah, on paper, I think Schwartz is the perfect candidate for this. And there's not going to be a lot of excuses because even on the defensive side, they've given a lot of firepower to him. So uh, I will be a little hesitant until I see it. I think that was a great argument. To, let's see what happens in the in the first four weeks. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm excited to see the defense. I certainly don't think we'll be talking about the special teams coach this year. Bubba <laughs> is here. <laughs> special teams coach on the team. So, so that being said, I mean, I don't think we'll talk about the special teams coach as much. And it, they, that means if things go awry on the defensive side of things that our Browns fans will uh, impatient with Schwartz, but, but I'm hoping they come out of the gate swinging. I sure hope so. All right, guys, let's, let's get some final words. We're going to, we're going to close this thing up. Uh, sure. Appreciate all you guys coming on and talking and kind of helping to celebrate episode number 200. So, uh, so, uh, Peter Jones, uh, everybody can follow you and uh, check out your football wisdom. And, and uh, if anybody wants to, to listen to another podcast and, and hear a little bit more of, uh, of you speaking about, uh, about football, they can sure check out the Average Cheese podcast. And, uh, of course, follow you at the underscore IT underscore hedgehog. Um, Peter, do you have any closing words tonight? Yeah, just a couple of things. Firstly, I just want to say what a thrill it's been, Rod. Um, a to be on the podcast tonight, but to to have met you and and and, and Jeff and and everybody else through the wonders of social social media, and to be a small part of the 200 episodes of the Brown Splits, which is which is fantastic. So I want to say thank you to every everybody for that, and especially to you, Rod, and to Jeff. Um, the the other thing. Um, and I know that you guys will have spoken about this, um, I guess, quite a lot over the last couple of weeks. But it would kind of be remiss of me, my first opportunity to kind of just to mention the passing of the great Jim Brown. And I think he's one of those. Not I think he is one of those players that regardless of which team you support, which team you follow, how fanatical you are about football. He's one of those guys that rises above, has risen above team bias, if if you if you like, um, 
just one of the truly, truly great players that's recognised by fans of every single team as being one of the greatest players, if not the greatest player that, that ever played this game. And I just wanted to, just to mention him, as I say, it's my first opportunity really just to just just to mention him and it would be remiss of me not to. So um, I think it's kind of appropriate, Rod, on a special Browns Blitz episode to mention a very special player. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, we, we had the chance to talk about uh, the great Jim Brown last week a little bit, yeah. but we appreciate you sharing your thoughts and we appreciate all of your contributions and it, it's been nothing but a pleasure getting to getting to know you over the over the years, Peter. Thank you. So thank you. Um, let's go to John Suchan and follow him at John Suchan and, and uh, John, are you done making that sandwich? <laughs> um, do you have any clothes? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody yeah, call ahead. you at John Suchan. Do you have any closing yeah. thoughts tonight? Well, you know, everybody, this is your 200th episode. And obviously, you know, I, what I've always appreciated about you, Ron, and you, uh, you know, the social media world out there, and you've, you are one of the most uh, kind, generous um, folks out there in the world that, you know, every day you post something on Twitter, telling everybody to have a good day. Uh, just appreciate being on your, on your show again tonight and I look forward to being on a future one. Absolutely. I, I appreciate everything you've done with the network and it's, it's been great getting to know you, John. And, uh, and, uh, absolutely. It's been, it's been, uh, been good talking to you tonight. So, uh, yeah, so sorry. I broke up there like the, <laughs> that's all right. Um, the magic of editing is a good thing. So let's, uh, let's move on to, to Alex Saplin. Everybody can follow him at Alex Saplin and, uh, check out his stuff on Cleveland 19 news. Alec, uh, Closing thoughts tonight. I'm going to tell a little bit of a story. And, and we pulled back the curtain a little bit on, on this podcast, but I'm going to pull it back just a little bit more. Rod and I, we met in April of 2019 with a little company named Big Play. And him and I have been through a lot together and we've been we have been close friends and, and you'd think him and I talking together, shooting the breeze we would know each other for 30 years. That's not the case. One, because I'm only 23. And two <laughs> for the fact of the matter I haven't even sat down face to face with Rod. And the amount of positivity that you have especially when you talk about the Browns. It is infectious. And I always say, regardless of who I'm talking to, what the situation is, I always end the conversation as this, be good people. I never have to say it with you, Rod, because you already are. And that is, that is the infectious, that's the infectious love that you have for this, not only this team, but for people. And it is really just humbling to be able to be here with you to celebrate this milestone. I appreciate that, Alec. Uh, definitely wanted you to be a part of this. It's been great uh, 
I'd say getting to know you, but knowing you for all these years. Um, you know, we've had some great conversations, and um, it's been great to see the, uh, the the success you're building for yourself. So, uh, real proud of what you what you've been doing and what you're up to. So, so yeah, thanks for being here. Um, Chad Painter, Chad, I don't think I gave your uh, your Twitter handle out when I introduced you because we jumped right into the Brownie Sunday podcast. So people can follow you at Chad Painter EXP. Um, I don't know how I know you do some stuff on Twitter, but you're you're pretty active on uh, on Instagram, aren't you still? Yes, I am active on Instagram. Yeah, people can follow me there at Chad Painter Meets World. Like Boy Meets World, but Chad Painter Meets World. There you go. Yeah, you post some great stuff there, some great pictures and stuff. Um, you do a lot of stuff there. So, uh, so man, it's been great talking to you. It's been a long, long time. I really appreciate you coming on tonight. So uh, so it's been great catching up a little bit, even in even in this room with, uh, you know, with six of us. So. So I appreciate it. I hope we can do it again sometime. Um, wanted to see if you have any closing words for uh, for the Browns fans, anybody who might be listening. Yeah, Rod, you're good people. Thank you so much for having me on. I remember even having Peter and Jeff on our podcast years ago. And it's been fun to walk down memory lane a bit here and do a podcast with you. You're my birthday buddy, a Browns yeah. fan with me. And uh, a podcast buddy for life. So um, 200 more, my friend. Absolutely. Thanks, Chad. Um, Jeff, closing thoughts tonight. And everybody, again, if you dare, you can follow Jeff at Sloop Doggy Dog. Uh, but it's kind of an exclusive club. and um, Or don't. Or don't, if you don't want to. <laughs> yeah, this this has been a, a, a great ride, Rod. Um, you know, I look forward to many more, but, um, you know, just people that we've met along the way and had a chance to, to shoot the breeze with. I mean, it, it says an awful lot about this fan base that, you know, on a Thursday night, uh, for some of us, you know, the wee hours of Friday morning, um, we can get six guys together to talk about a team that's won one playoff game in 24 years. Um, this this fan base is just infectious and it's loaded with dedicated people and um it's just so much fun to speculate about you know when will we ever get good you know <laughs> um hopefully that's right around the corner um uh, and all this work that we've put in and and you know all these um conversations will will pay us off with with the you know a reward in the end um but yeah, I wouldn't have wouldn't have done this with with anybody else but my younger brother. Absolutely, I appreciate it. I appreciate everything you've done for the show, Jeff. And uh, it, it's yeah, what can I say? It's been a fun ride. It's been it's been great talking to all you guys. And uh, this has been the Browns Blitz. We thank you all for listening, and we will catch you next time. Yeah.